The great comparative literature and mythology professor Joseph Campbell once said, follow your bliss and don't be afraid and doors will open where you did not know they were going to be. The spirit of the podcast is to learn how former Wego Wildcats followed their bliss and for us to get inspired and learn from their stories. Welcome to Wego Places. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at West Chicago High School since 2001. Today's guest is Luis Rubio from the class of 2010. Luis earned his Bachelor of Science in Physics and Chemistry with a focus of biochemistry from Elmhurst College. In the summer of 2014, Luis was a research assistant at Harvard University working on a fabrication of non-periodic metasurfaces by microlens. In addition, Luis is an EMT, an emergency medical technician certified through College of DuPage. This year, Luis has just finished his first year at med school at SIU, Southern Illinois University. Joining us today is Luis Rubio, class of 2010. Luis, tell us what you do. Uh, hi, I am a first year medical student at Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. So Luis, how did you get from WeGo to uh, univer- uh, Southern Illinois University as a med school student? Tell us about your, uh, sure. your path there. Um, so back in high school i wouldn't be i wasn't considered one of the most like studious students um i always really liked learning about different stuff um but i never really applied myself in the classroom very well i think i graduated with um like barely a 3.0 or something so when i when i started um my path kind of um to this point I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I didn't apply to any colleges. Um, I just kind of applied to College of DuPage the summer after I graduated, thinking I didn't know if I was going to um, even finish up college. And, um, you know, like I've had a couple, I had a couple classes at uh, West Chicago that kind of influenced me, that I, um, kind of steered me towards the path of being becoming some sort of scientist like uh dr murphy's um anatomy class i really liked and then some physics and uh chemistry classes that i really liked so uh i had medicine in the back of my mind thinking okay all right well maybe i'll um consider going into medical school and as i you know went through college of dupage um I thought more and more about medicine and eventually, you know, it kind of made sense for me to do just because I really enjoyed kind of like the, all of the science um, involved in the medical field, all of this technology involved in the medical field. But I, and I also really wanted to be involved in um, talking to other people. I felt like I would thrive in an environment where I um, felt like I could make a tangible difference day to day. And so uh, I transferred to Elmhurst College after not too long after I started at COD, majored in uh, physics and chemistry. And um, after that, I did a little bit of uh, working as a chemist to see, um, because one of the biggest things that I had um, going through my head is that medical school and the whole process of becoming a doctor, a doctor can be very difficult and time consuming. And um, one of the things I wanted to make sure uh, is that like, I wasn't going to, like, I could be, if whether I could be equally happy, just working as a scientist in a laboratory or, um, becoming, you know, a doctor. And so after a few years of working, I decided that I wanted to apply to medical school, took the MCAT, um, you know, 
uh, put my application and eventually ended up here at uh, Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. So uh, for me, it took me a little longer than probably some people who you hear about. Like I know some students go straight from college to medical school, but for me, it was a little bit longer. I think it was like two or three years in between. So so I'm tell- currently, oh God, I'm about to be 27, done with my first You did year. such cool research. Tell me about the way, how did you come across some of these research opportunities? Yeah, so uh, I didn't even, so when it comes to research opportunities and just opportunities in general, what I highly suggest anybody do um, is just kind of look for the, like start looking for them, Google them. A lot of them I Googled. <laughs> I just, um, so I got to do a really cool, a couple of cool research projects outside of my um, college that I went to, like I, like I said, I went to Elmhurst College, but there were summer research programs at bigger institutions like uh, University of Illinois in Chicago. And then um, the one that I thought was uh, completely out of my reach when I applied to it was one at Harvard. Um, so I got to do research at Harvard for a summer and I got to play with really expensive instruments. Um, and I got to meet some really incredible people. So for like opportunities like that, you just kind of have to start looking for them on your own. Um, For me, it wasn't like necessarily, no one necessarily told me. It was more just kind of, um, I realized that there was programs out there for students who wanted to do more research. And uh, my school, like I said, it was kind of small and uh, didn't have a lot of research going on. So I just kind of started looking for it and applied, um, put my applications in and got lucky and got into those really cool programs. Luis, what was, can you tell me more about your experience at Harvard? Yeah, uh, so at Harvard, I got to work in a, a chemistry lab. It's actually one of the more famous chemistry labs. Um, and under the principal investigator, which is just the head of the laboratory, I, I worked under a postdoctoral postdoctoral candidate, which is just a fancy name for a person with a PhD. Um, and I basically got to work with a scanning electron microscope. So um, those instruments are incredibly expensive and you get to see things like on a nanometer scale. So like, I don't even know, like one one thousandth of a, you know, width of a hair, basically, in terms of size. I got to go into what's called the clean room where you have to basically dress up into like, you know how you you can see those in the movies sometimes where all of the scientists are dressed up, basically. And like, yeah, so um, that's kind of what I had to do uh, very frequently. Um, And I I was learning how to I will basically we were trying to set up this uh, method of creating uh, these things called nanomaterials, which have different properties uh, when placed under light. And in order to figure out whether we were making these materials correctly, I had to use a scanning electron microscope. And um, yeah, I mean, over the summer, I got to learn about how research is conducted. I got to do a uh, presentation in front of a lot of Harvard professors at the end of the summer. So I got to learn a lot of different things through that program, and it was really valuable experience for me. Um, it was actually one of my favorite summers. Um, and just getting to, because I, I, I'm homegrown, I've been in West Chicago pretty much. I was in West Chicago area for my whole life, so that was the first time that I actually got to live somewhere else. So getting to live in Boston was really cool, and getting to see kind of the East Coast. Um, 
firsthand was really nice. That sounds like such an amazing experience. If I could have a follow-up question about the application of the nano research, where do they think that that will be applied in um, some type of either further research or a consumer or medical model? What was their potential end game of that or uh, potential for where this would be used? Yeah. Uh, so the part that I was working on was a little bit more theoretical. Basically, um, there are all these different optical models. And um, what I mean by that is just that there are model mathematical models that some mathematician made um, about different properties of materials with um and so like really the application is that hopefully one day we can get this where they can get that process going so perfectly that um the way they pitched it to me anyway was basically at some point they would hope uh to be able to make a material that could literally bend light around an object and so um for anybody who's taken physics, you know, that like uh, the reason you can see anything like is basically what you're seeing is the light bouncing off of material. And so for light to bend wow. around an object is basically making it invisible. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's kind of, that's far away, but like, that's kind of how they pitched it to, uh, to their PI and uh, the, again, the guy who runs the lab. And then they pitched it kind of to me when I showed up uh, over the summer. So uh, we did get to, you know, publish a, a scientific article on it, uh, but it wasn't like, like I said, it's so far away from what they said could be um, right now. It's mostly like showing that you could do it. Like you could make these materials that have different properties um, under light, but like eventually what the big plan would be is to kind of make material that could actually bend light around an object at some point so like there are you know like i think there was a there was a car um like there was this like a uh, project where they were using cameras to like that uh, that were on a car to take that scanned the car and were able to like uh display whatever it was seeing and um and made it the car kind of look invisible that way but this would be like a totally different um totally different way of making something like that kind of illusion happen where uh you know you could basically make things invisible um but like i said it's a long way away i think um <laughs> amazing uh, if just for my own curiosity could you describe the process of getting ready to go in the clean room. That's, that also is something that would be a very rare experience for a lot of people. So how long does it take to get into the suit and how long does it take you to extract yourself once you are in the process of going through that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it seems a lot cooler when you don't actually have to do it, <laughs> but it, yeah. So the first time I did it, it was really cool just cause it's like something that you never really thought people had to do in order to um, get you know, to work with some of these instruments. But basically what happens is um, there was like in the movies, there was actually a retina scanner that you had to like register on. So I had to use my, uh, like put my eye in front of a laser scanner and the door would open and no one who had, who didn't have access could go into the clean room. So if you weren't trained properly and you know, you had no business being in there, you couldn't be in there. So that was kind of cool. Um, 
And then uh, once you got into the room, there was uh, basically a bunch of different suits that had been cleaned. Every time you go in there, there's going to be a clean suit. Like, you know, there, I think every, every night basically, or every couple hours, someone goes in there and was able to, and took those suits away to clean them. Uh, and you basically just, there, it, it, there was a space, there was like a room between the outside and then the actual clean room. So that when I, you entered, you were entering the room where all of the suits were. And uh, basically you had to be very careful about how you put on your, uh, your, the gown or the suit and then the gloves. Like there was a specific order you had to do things in and you had to follow the protocol every single time. Um, so after, you know, the second or third time you pretty much have it down uh, where you have to put, you know, I, I don't even remember, it's been so long, but like uh, uh, I think you had to put on your gloves first so that then you could put on your suit so then you could put on your hat so that, you know, nothing that you're touching is basically contaminated. Um, and then after all that, you have to put on a mask. So while you're in the clean room, you feel like you can't like, like, you know, your, the ventilation isn't as great, but yeah, like everyone that you meet in there, you can barely, you can only see their eyes. That's all you can see. And then uh, everyone's doing their own thing. There are multiple people working in that room. Um, that particular center that uh, I was in at Harvard was recent. I think when I did this program, it was like in 2013, summer of 2013 or 2014. And they had recently built that center. So everything was brand new. Uh, the building was pretty new. Um, the instrumentation was really new. So like, you know, I mean, it's Harvard, they have a lot of money, so they were able to afford something like that. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. And you said that you stumbled into that by Googling it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just Googled summer research program for undergraduates. And, uh, I mean, you need to have a good application. And then, you know, one thing that I, um, that, Definitely, you need like if you whoever is listening to this who's thinking about anything like a scientific career is just talking, making sure your professors know you, um, you know, work hard in your classes so that they are willing to write a really good letter of recommendation. I feel like a lot of the opportunities that I've had are basically because people uh, believed in me and were able to write pretty good letters of recommendation because a lot of the times those programs rely on those because they see a lot of students with X GPA and, you know, like uh, good grades and stuff like that. So really what sets people apart tends to be um, the letter of recommendation. Yeah. I mean that the idea of the hard work and plus the networking uh, to make that those connections were, uh, were ideal for, for you to get into these programs. Now, did you do research anywhere else? I saw that you had Harvard and I think you did some, some went somewhere else. Where, where was that? Uh, that was at University of Illinois Chicago, uh, UIC. I I did that one first, actually. That was the first one I did. Um, and that one I was at a uh, that one I wasn't personally. I didn't have as much fun in. Like I enjoyed the people I met during the program, but uh, I had such a much better relationship with the person that I worked with at the Harvard one compared to the uh, UIC one that uh, it was basically night and day in terms of like the actual uh, experience working in the lab. But uh, the UIC one was really nice just because it was, um, you know, my first exposure to kind of what research, scientific research was about. Uh, it's the first time that I really presented any type of research in a, in a more professional setting. 
So I think that was extremely valuable to me. Uh, and it gave me the confidence to kind of um, apply to the Harvard one, really um, apply to a second one, because I knew that I was able to manage the workload and to do well in a program like that. So uh, UIC was more like I wanted to stay close to home and it was uh, it was a fun time. I, like, I did enjoy meeting all of the different people. I still keep in contact with some of the people that I met on that research program because we're not all from the same college. So we were all able to kind of keep up and it's cool to see where some of them have been. Some of them are in med school. Some of them are in a you know, research program, a PhD program, and others are just working, you know. So uh, I got friends all over this, the U.S. now. <laughs> Because of these programs, that's such a that's such a great such a great opportunity. So, Luis, you then made the leap to then want to be a doctor. What what was that decision like, and how how did you begin that process? So, when you talk to med students, most of them no, I wouldn't I don't want to talk for all of them, but there's a lot of people who have an aha moment um uh, that or they realized they wanted to be a doctor very early on in life and for me that just wasn't the case it was more of a kind of like a slow progression of uh different experiences and um you know like just um interest and like for me i guess where you could say it started was the anatomy class in at west chicago because uh, dr murphy i believe was in obgyn prior to teaching at West Chicago. I'm not sure if I, I, I might be remembering that incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure he was um, he was a physician prior to starting at West Chicago as a teacher, and um, that's kind of where my interest started. And it kind of just slowly, I was slowly trying out different things, you know. Like I, I knew I wanted to be in the sciences, and that's why I did the physics and chemistry major. And, you know, I realized that I just, I didn't want to be cooped up in a laboratory all day. I didn't want to be in a clean room all day. Um, and, you know, I just started getting some more medical experience. So I did some volunteering um, at hospitals. And then I also did uh, an emergency medical technician course. So if, you know, anyone's interested or thinking about medicine, I would highly suggest doing something like that because it really kind of gives you a good idea of what kind of things you would be learning um, and like just give you a good first exposure to the world of medicine. So I did that when I was still uh, in between College of DuPage and Elmhurst College. And, um, you know, like basically the entire time through college and beyond, I was kind of trying to convince myself not to go to med school maybe a little bit. And um, like I said, it after a while, I just I couldn't see a good reason not to. And, um, you know, like I just enjoyed the physician patient relationships that I got to witness when I was shadowing. Um, I kind of liked that the ability to connect with people in that way. So I, you know, went for it. <laughs> that's, that's so great. Now you are, have just finished your, or you are finishing your first year at uh, SIU's Southern Illinois University's medical student. What has been the first uh, year like? What have been some of the challenges and what have been some of the kind of breakthroughs and really great moments so far? Uh, yeah, so medical school is tough. Um, I'm sure you have heard from Jessica Munoz that like it can be tough and it requires a lot of discipline, something that I definitely did not have in high school. Um, but all of my experiences kind of led me up to this point. 
to kind of get here to be able to do uh, rigorous programs, a rigorous program like medical school. So um, a lot of studying, a lot of sitting in front of the computer, trying to uh, learn and memorize material. But there's also been moments where we get to, you know, visit a mentor, a physician mentor and see patients. So that was really cool. I've gotten to learn how to do a full physical examination, a head to toe examination. So I know like, I actually have a, a, t a quiz or test um, in two days about how to, like I have to perform a full physical exam in front of one of my, uh, one of my professors and they basically <laughs> see if I've learned how to do a proper physical exam on a patient. Um, so that's been really cool. And just meeting some of my really accomplished classmates has been really neat. Um, just like the people you meet are really impressive and super nice. And um, like I said, there, it's a lot of work, but definitely fulfill. I, I, this part I think is a little bit tougher for a lot of people, especially if um, you kind of want to get to the clinical part. But you know, for me, I really like. I'm really nerdy. I really like learning stuff. Um, so for me, it hasn't been too bad. <laughs> What's one of your, your tips for like how to, how to memorize something? Cause I can imagine you have to be able to absorb such amount of vocabulary that would be so intimidating to most people. How do you, what's a trick for that? Uh, there's no trick. It's, oh, uh, no. <laughs> it's, a soft, it's a piece of software. <laughs> um, for me, I've found, and you know what, like uh, this will be useful for anybody when you're going off to college, if you're doing anything involving some like memorization, uh, there's this program called Anki. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's a software where uh, basically you, um, they're basically, really fancy note cards that you can make. Um, and the way the program is supposed to work is it's supposed to be based on neuroscience. So um, when you do a flashcard, for example, um, and you say you know it, it'll not show you that card for like three to four days. And then it'll show it to you again on the third or fourth day. And then if you get it right again, then it'll wait longer to show that card to you again, because it's telling that's telling the computer that you know, you already know this, you remembered it from three days ago, and now we're gonna see if you remember it, I don't know, like a week from now. If you don't get the question right, or you don't get the card right, what it'll do is it'll push you back. Um, so it'll say, I'm gonna show you this card again in like 10 minutes and see if you get it right in, 10, in the 10 minutes, right? And so this algorithm basically sets up for cards that you don't know as well to show up more often and cards you do know really well to show up less often. So it kind of optimizes um, what information you need to be shown multiple times and what information you only need to see a few times. So it's been super useful. If you ask any medical, any medical student, a lot of medical students, what they end up using a lot is Anki. And especially for um, the step one examination, which is this uh, standardized test that all second year medical students have to take before they go on to clinical rotations. And uh, pretty much a lot of people use it. Not everyone uses it, but um, for me, it's been extremely helpful because I didn't consider myself. Yeah, I've never considered myself someone who can memorize that easily. So um, it's been super useful. It kind of keeps me like, making sure that I'm, you know, keeping up with the decks every day because 
you can set it up to have like, I'm going to do 200 cards a day, or I'm going to do 100 cards a day. And then it's so if you don't do them every day, what will happen is it'll stack up, and you have to catch up really fast. But yeah, it's been super useful. It's not hard program. It's, it's free. <laughs> I feel like I'm just pretty much promoting them at this point. Yeah, it's free. How do you spell it again? Is it? It's A-N-K-I. Anki. A-N-K-I. Perfect. Yeah, so for so, students who want to use it, like it's free. It's super useful. Oh, that's a great, that's a great, uh, that's a great uh, tool. I, that would be so useful for so many students that that could use it even now for sure in class. So um, do you have a um, already, uh, are you angling for a particular field of medicine that you're going to study for yet? Or is it still too early on? Uh, um, so I, this has always been an issue for me. I tend to like everything. Um, so I have a, I have a hard time picking something. Um, one of the problems with like me going to med school was like that particular thing where I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do that. So it's kind of the same thing happening here uh, with specialties. But there are a few that I think I, I definitely like anatomy. Um, so I think that there are a few specialties like surgery, um, radiology, um, that would be more suited for kind of like the things that I really enjoy. Um, right now, like I'm actually going to do another research program um, at the Mayo Clinic, and that one will be under a cardiologist there um, doing what's called uh, echocardiography. And that um, is just basically ultrasound like so like you know how um, when someone's pregnant you like you look you can look inside to look at the baby with ultrasound that's the same um you know instrument that i'll use but except instead of looking into um for a baby i'm going to look at the heart <laughs> um and so this it's not new technology but it's like there's something specific that we're going to do which i haven't I, I'm kind of focused on making sure I finish off the year strong. So I haven't really looked at too much into it yet, but that's what I'll be doing. And um, like, I like imaging stuff cause it's involving um, technology. So right now I'm like angling towards more of like a radiology or uh, a subspecialty of surgery. Um, and there are a few that I'm thinking about like uh, ears, no ear, ear, nose and throat doctor or like ophthalmology, which is just an like a eye surgeon. So we'll see where I end up. Um, you can ask me again in a year. I'll probably have a different answer. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I am going to interview you like yearly. If, if this, uh, if this interview, uh, project keeps on going, I'm going to keep on coming back to you each year to check up on you and see where, where you on, are in the process. Cause this is really fascinating. So Luis, you've been so generous with your time. I know it's, um, towards the end of the semester and, uh, and I was wondering if you could leave us with some words of advice or pearls of wisdom for current wildcats that are going to be listening to this. Yeah. Um, if things aren't going like for like, like I've been talking about a lot, this a lot, but if things aren't going as well as you thought, or, you know, like you aren't maybe the best student right now, um, don't worry so much about that. It's really more about, you know, um, finding things that you like and kind of following those things through. Um, I know that for me, it was really hard um, once we graduated in high school, uh, finding out what I wanted to do and even considering whether I wanted to go to college. Um, it was really stressful. 
but I feel like I didn't need to stress so much about it. So I would suggest just try to keep an open mind about what kind of things you want to do after high school. Um, don't worry so much about what other, what other people are doing. Kind of just focus on yourself. Um, you'll be a lot happier that way. So. Luis, this has been a great conversation, and I promise you I will come back to you in a year or so, and we will talk again about where you are in year two of your medicine studies for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to We Go Places. If you know of a great guest for this podcast, send me an email at b-t-u-r-n-b-a-u-g-h at d94.org. Music provided by Joe Villacette.